Why Florida State has an excellent chance to make the college football playoff and three reasons for it. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith, and today's show is going to be about the college football playoff. With all the changes that are going on, I wanted to get another breakdown of where things stand as we get ready for spring ball at Florida State and across the college football landscape. There's a lot of stuff to discuss. I have three reasons we're going to get into. Number one, it is Norvell and his play calling. Two, it is the elite cornerback board that Florida State has to work with. That is a very key position. And then third, Florida State's schedule is not as hard as some think, and I will break that down. First off, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. These days, excuse me, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you will get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, here's the crux of it. I'm going to happily take all your questions, your comments, etc. Everything that you have that you want to know about before the state, if you want to make your own projection, who, what, when, where, why, feel free to add on to that. Most importantly here, though, I want to talk about those three things. Again, they are the following. Norvell's play calling. He is one of the best in college football at making it happen. Number two, Florida State's cornerback board is elite. They have a lot of talent on the depth chart. That is a crux for a lot of teams. It will not be for the Knowles. And then third, I'm going to break down some of the schedule and why I think Florida State's schedule is not quite as hard as some think and why I think the Knowles can navigate it and at least make the playoff. Again, this isn't just winning the college football championship. It's reaching the playoff. you got to make it there to win a title. And secondarily, I think that Florida State, based on last season, a lot of the guys coming back, they know what it's like to have an undefeated regular season and win the ACC title. That's going to go together. So having all those guys back is going to matter. So number one, play calling. Off the top of your head, name five coaches in college football or staffs, if you want to go that route, that do a better job with play calling than Florida State does with the personnel they have on offense. I thought about that earlier. And I honestly didn't know too many schools that would be in that position. If you want to argue Kalen DeBoer, who's now at Alabama after being at Washington, I'm okay with that. He's certainly in the discussion. Sarkeesian at Texas, okay. But how many more? Ryan Day, I used to think, but I'm not as sure about that based on last season, and he didn't adjust to his talent very well at all, quarterback. He just didn't. There are a couple other guys you might want to go into, and I'm not – trying to leave out anybody. I have a couple other in my head, but I also think some others are overrated. And I'm going to go over FanDuel's top 12 teams based on their odds and discuss about, I don't even know how many different people that are involved with it, but the coaches and stuff, some of them I'm not as like James Franklin at Penn State. Do I really trust James Franklin? No, I do not. So there's a lot of reasons that I like Norvell. Here's the other thing. DJU comes in and he's going to be a fifth-year senior. That matters. He was a three-year player for the Clemson Tigers, 
Obviously, he had to wait his turn once Bondi left and went to the draft and now playing for the Jags. But with that being stated, he still played. I mean, he wasn't great, but he played a couple of years. Then he was at Oregon State, fifth-year guy. I think there's some chances for Norvell and him to get together, and he'll adjust to it. A lot of coaches don't adjust to their talent. Norvell will. The other part of this, Florida State just keeps finding running backs, guys like Singleton, et cetera. You may not know a lot about them now. They will adjust to them as well. Florida State will run the ball when they have to, and they use them really well in the screen game. Obviously, Tofili, I've talked about him a gazillion times on the show. He's one of my favorite players in college football, and it's because I like balanced running backs. Norvell and his screen game, and again, the coaching staff in general, it's all the staff, really. They do a good job of finding different ways to get guys in a position where they maximize their talent. Play calling with that is pivotal. But it's also when they bring them in and out of the game. It's when they use them against certain teams that aren't as equipped to guard a certain player, maybe Tofili in the slot against the linebacker that's been ailing. He's been banged up. He's obviously a twitchy guy. He had a long 50-yard touchdown last year in a game on a, on a pass. He is that guy. Well, what about some of the other guys? Like Singleton, you don't know much about it. He's a kid you're going to hear about. Other running backs, too, because I Holmes, et cetera. They will find a way to maximize their skills. There are very few college football coaching staffs that I trust more play calling than Florida State. Number two, this is a big one for a lot of people and myself included. How often do you hear me talk about in recruiting with the Knowles, D-line and corner? Obviously important positions, right? Quarterbacks, top of the board. But D-line, corner, and then left tackle, right tackle, and then having a not just a good, but one at least, one elite receiver will help you get to a playoff. For this Florida State team, we're not sure about DJU yet, but the play calling is going to help. The receiver board is different now. They lost Johnny and they lost Keon. D-line certainly has some talent coming back, but you did lose a guy that's projected in the first round of defensive end. So that's not great. But the corner board, plus what they've got coming in, I mean, they got Kai Bates coming in, Charles Lester, et cetera. Those guys may not even make second team and they're top 100 recruits. Florida State's corner board is in the 95 percentile. That's the difference between them and most schools and why the defense can do certain things. Let's put it like this. When you're able to play cover one, which just means man, and get in front of people, and you just go after them, and you just basically tell them you can't do anything about this, that's an advantage on many fronts. Number one, you're not going to have that defense set out there unless you're just a complete idiot. Florida State's staff obviously is that they did a really good job this last year. They're one of the best pass defenses in the country, unless you have some guys. Cypress is my guy. I talked about him a lot last year, Pentrell Cypress. They also have several other guys on their on their depth chart. But the guy that I'm hoping really steps up because I like length at corner is Azariah Thomas. That's an elite athlete, but he's like 6'2", legitimately, long arms, et cetera. He can play boundary or he can play to the field. But when you have size like that, it's very, very difficult for teams to run a lot of the bubble screens and a lot of the little tricky stuff underneath that get guys loose and avoid the pass rush. Florida State's corners are physical. They get after it in the run game, and they do a good job in the screen game as well. So let's talk a little bit more about them. Quindarius Jones, Jabril Rawls, Lester Bates, those are some of the guys. Now here's the, the big asterisk. Florida State might change it around a little bit. They might move somebody to safety or one of the safeties to corner. That'll take care of itself. Knowles and some of those guys are also involved. They'll come down in the slot and play man or be a part of the, 
the bust of, of a wedge they're trying to set up on an inside screen or whatever. All of those things matter. But they can also play off ball. They can also play zone. And they are an experienced group. Again, you're adding Lester. You're adding Bates, two elite recruits from inside the state of Florida, recruited by everybody, the Alabamas and LSUs of the world. And you still get them. And you're bringing them into a group that has a lot of talent. Conrad Hesse could be another guy that could play some corner. He's been uh, labeled as a safety, been playing there for the Knowles. I wouldn't be surprised if he played some corner, and he could be a nickel for you. All these versatile pieces coming back give Florida State's defensive staff a completely different look than what most teams have to work with. They can mix it up against any team, whether it's Clemson, who now has an experienced quarterback. There'll be a challenge. They're on the schedule. We'll talk about that in a moment. And you'll also be able to just go after teams that don't have as much talent. Duke lost their quarterback. He transfers to Notre Dame. They also lost their head coach. I would bet you money, even though that game's going to be in Durham this year, they'll be a solid team. They're not going to be great. You're going to come after them. You probably won't have to be as dynamic, if you will, with your play calling, but those corners are going to help you suffocate them. Can't have enough of them. Florida State is at the top of the board with that. Third thing, and this is the one everybody likes to talk about every year, which games are you going to win? Which ones are you most likely to lose? Are there a trap game or two out there, et cetera? When's the bye week? The 2024 Florida State schedule has some pitfalls, has some concerns. I don't disagree with that, but I also think it's a little bit easier than some will look at. Here's here's the key. It starts off kind of weird. They play overseas against Georgia Tech on August 24th. Haynes King's a really good quarterback. That guy has the ability to run. He can throw it down the field. He's got a big arm. Now he's a veteran guy. He's very comfortable within the Georgia Tech system. It's a building program. They're not as talented as Florida State. Could they lose? Sure. Here's the big thing, though. That defense I just talked about, all those corners I just talked about, and Florida State certainly is going to need them because Georgia Tech has some pretty good receivers. Leary and some other guys are big-time players. They're not going to be able to do anything if you're getting suffocated in Florida State can rotate guys. And then you have the whole offseason to work on it. This is not a normal Florida State defense because, again, the depth there. That's going to help as they get some of these new guys with Verse now gone, heading to the NFL draft, et cetera. It's going to help them have the opportunity to rotate a few guys, get some more experience, but not rely on just the defensive front just to get after it and kill people. They're going to need that secondary to make it happen. So look for Florida State to win that game may not be as comfortable as FSU fans might like, but they're probably not as aware as I am that Georgia Tech has a team that's kind of building too. We're going to have the rest of the schedule, and you can take this any way you like. I think it's pretty balanced. You're going to get Clemson at home. You're going to get Florida at the end of the year home. And you also get North Carolina. I know they lost, obviously, Drake May. You can't replace Drake May. But they're also going to get a few guys on on the road that I I think are beatable, and they're at least going to be good games. So you get three really important games at home, and the Florida game at the end of the year should be a cake. I I think Florida's going to fire Billy by then. That's just my opinion. But you're going to get three on the road that are interesting as well. If you're if you're going to be a good a good team that can compete for the playoff, you got to win at least one, if not two, of these games on the road. They go to Miami, to Notre Dame, and to SMU. The SMU game is the one that's a little tricky to me. That's early in the season. I don't think that you can look at the SMU schedule and say anything about it other than they're just jumping into the ACC. We'll see what happens. They've got a pretty good roster, but I don't think they got the defensive talent in terms of the depth that some of these other teams might, but they are well coached. 
and they do have an offense that can make some plays. I need to see how their spring goes, how their transfer portal goes, but that's that's kind of a neutral game for me. I really don't know yet. It's just it's in Dallas. Let's see how it goes, and that that's a possible trap game. The other game that is kind of goofy, and you can take this any way you want, is that Georgia Tech game. Don't underestimate that. Those are the two that are a little iffy. Uh, also of note, not having Louisville is interesting. Miami, you beat them last year. You got to go to their place. They might have the most talent in the conference in terms of just total depth on their roster, but we don't know how Cam Ward's going to be. There. It's going to be a really unique year. NC State changes their quarterback. North Carolina changes their quarterback. Virginia Tech and some other team. It's going to be weird to see who ends up in Charlotte. But anyway, that's that's kind of my take here in just a moment. I want to get your take on everything as well. Make sure that you have some good questions for me because I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what everybody has to say. As for that, let's talk about a few other things that we got going on with FanDuel. Right now, we got the Super Bowl coming up. I'm sure many of you, like myself, are going to try to check it out, see what we can get in terms of hopefully a great game. It should be. It's about a one-point game, depending on which sports book you look at. I believe FanDuel has them around one point right now. San Francisco and Kansas City. So if you're like me, you want to check out the Super Bowl and celebrate it with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. You got all the different things you got going on, hanging out on the couch. I like eating my snacks, my nachos and stuff like that. I'm sure many of you do too. With that being said, you can bet on a lot of different things in this year's Super Bowl. Not only can you bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players score a touchdown, you know, Travis Kelsey, whatever it may be, how many points, so the over-under on that, and so many other things that are like player props, et cetera. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. All right, now. If you have any comments or anything you want to talk about, I'd be happy to hear it. Uh, the number one thing here, though, is just think about the overall big picture. We're a long way from the opportunity to go into college football's next big season, all the different things that are going on. But I want your opinions, not mine. I want your opinions. You can send a comment on the YouTube. That's the easiest way because I'm going to do something about that over the next few days. I want to hear what people's thoughts are. What are Florida State's strengths? I just mentioned mine. I think that they're underrated, even though like that, I don't know why, because they had one of the top passing defenses in the country last year. I think they're underrated in pass defense. Two, I also think that a lot of people probably, excuse me, probably not giving Florida State enough credit for the defensive talent they have coming back. Patrick Payton's going to be one of the better players in college football, in my opinion. And maybe he's a guy that's going to be able to end up in double digits and sacks. Florida State may need him to be that way. I mean, again, realistically, you're not going to just replace Jared Verse. You have to be realistic with that. And I know that many other people are probably going to discount Florida State for that, but many of them didn't think much about Patrick Payton this last year, and that cost them. Florida State was able to beat a lot of teams because they had the opportunity to win games big with their opportunity to play defense and just swallow people up. The defensive second level, I'm a little more concerned about. One day being back helps. That's something we haven't talked about recently. DJ is, is sure a tackler probably as there is in college football, at least by pro football focus. Forget what the exact number was, but they had him as a guy that was tops in college football and getting after it and, and finding a way, making those one-on-one tackles. Having him come off the bench is pretty rare. 
guys that make those kind of statistics typically are your leading tackler. He didn't even start for the Knowles last year. He's going to be back in Tallahassee. So if you have anything, please let me know. I'm curious about it. I don't really think anybody's going to say Florida State doesn't have a chance. This is a Florida State podcast, but I do want you to be realistic. Give me three things that you don't think Florida State does well. Give me three things that you think Florida State needs to work on and or three things like Florida State still needs to add in the portal, even if it's just one. I'll give you something that I've harped on a lot, and that's offensive line. They have some guys coming back, but I don't think they have enough talent there. They didn't come close to maximizing. I still remember the Clemson game when they had like 22 yards rushing last season. That's not enough, man. I mean, Clemson had good defense. Don't get me wrong. And playing in Death Valley is really, really hard. But did anybody even remotely think that Florida State was going to be under 50 yards rushing? They need better offensive line. And they also need a little bit of help with some luck on the offensive line and staying healthy. That's unfortunate. Mo was banged up for much of the year. That's unfortunate. He's a really good football player, and you always want that to be a, a key. Centers going in and out of the lineup. Gives me pause, should give you pause. And I know it gives Norbell or any other head coach in college football pause. That the pivot man, you, just, you never want to see him go down even for a snap. The last thing here that I want to talk about before I go into the final little bit how does Florida State adjust to being the hunted? That's something else that we can really think about moving forward as we get ready for spring ball. I'm kind of throwing this in, but it is a major deal. The psyche of a team when you feel underappreciated is something that's not very often discussed. Those teams come out with their hair on fire. they got nothing to lose, right? Well, Florida State just went undefeated and won the ACC title. Everybody's going to circle Florida State in general on a schedule, but especially after that this past season in 23, Florida State's going to be the hunted as much as they have been in a very long time. Since probably 2014. Coming off the national title, that team, everybody went after them. They survived the regular season and they made it to the playoff and finally got beat. This team, how will that play out? I don't know. It's also why I did mention Norvell and his play calling is something I trust in close games. Play, I mean, it's just the it's the crux, and I hate bringing up something to support fans complaining, but even slightly above average play calling in a major game isn't even close to good enough. You gotta give your guy all the strengths that he has. You've got to give that person the play calls that are going to allow him to excel behind center. I think that DJU, uh, Ilyungale is is power passer, play action, throw it down the field. I don't know exactly how much they will move the pocket with him, but I also think that he's a guy that can make some things happen and kind of look at it overall as an opportunity. This is my chance to get to the NFL. He's going to listen. So I think that everybody should be pretty happy about that. And when you got a guy that's as talented as him, it should make it a lot easier for the offense to move the ball. Also easier is game time. Game time is a tremendous opportunity if you want to get tickets, whether it's to Florida State, football, basketball, whatever. You want to go to a, 
a pro game, you want to go to the Super Bowl, last minute tickets, flash deals, etc. I've used it and I know several of you have as well. The reason that I like it the best, because I'm an impatient guy, I'm not going to lie. I want to know where my seats are and you can do it right on the app. It only takes a few clicks in about 30 seconds, whatever game it is you pick, type in Florida State, type in Jacksonville Jaguars, whatever it is you're trying to go to, Orlando Magic, you name it. Type it in, click on the date of the game, and you pick a seat. It will show you a view of where you will be sitting. That's pretty cool. Uh, I know technology is great in general, but Game Time's kind of figured it out. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. So download Game Time app and use this code Vegas100. It is V-E-G-A-S-100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And with that, I just want to talk about some of the odds overall. If anybody is surprised by these, I get it. If you're not, that's okay. But here's the deal. The, these odds are crazy to me um, on a couple of them. One in particular I'll get to in a moment. I'm just going to read them in order from most likely to win it or make the playoff, however you want to call it, based on FanDuel. Uh, this is from a few days ago. I, I assume it's still updated about the same. This could be slightly off, but here's what I got. One through 12. Georgia, plus 300. Ohio State, plus 500. Texas, plus 700. Alabama, plus 1,100. Circle that one. I'm going to come back to that in a second. We've got Oregon, plus 1,200. LSU, plus 1,300. Michigan, plus 1,400. I'm just going to start right here with that. No way in hell they're going to the playoff. No way in hell. I'll come back to them in a minute. Ole Miss, 1,500. Florida State at 2,000. We've got Notre Dame at 2,500 and Penn State at 2,500. Rounding out the list would be the Clemson Tigers at 3,000. Now, if you, anybody wants to comment on that, feel free. But again, in the YouTube comments, et cetera, this is the thing I want you to talk about. Why you think Florida State should or shouldn't be like FanDuel's got them plus 2,000. What do you think, College football playoff, yes, no, what What do you think, why, and who do you think the competition is? Based on this list, and I've, I've been looking at it for several days, and I, I got some opinions from some of my buddies in the industry that write and cover different teams, Georgia, et cetera. I think Georgia and Ohio State is probably the best bet you can have right now. They both have experienced quarterbacks, et cetera. Still curious about Will Howard getting over and playing at Ohio State being at Kansas State, then going to Ohio State. Totally different gig, man. That is a totally different gig, but I give him respect for doing it. It's not easy going from really an outpost to top of the board in terms of media attention. And I hope he has success at Ohio State, but we'll see. I'm, I'm still concerned about that. Georgia's got a quarterback that could have turned pro and got drafted coming back. They're my pick right now, but that that's an easy one. After that, again, Alabama and Michigan. Ironically, they played each other, and obviously Michigan won that game this past year in the playoff. Michigan loses their coach, D-line coach, all these different people. They lost their strength and conditioning coach, who might have been the best in the country. They're hiring a coach with no experience. Repeat, no experience as a head coach. Hasn't been the primary guy in any way, shape, or form. They're still filling out their staff, all these different things. And you've got them. What was it again? I said it. 14. There is no way in hell they're going to the playoffs. They're losing too many guys. They don't have a quarterback for next year. 
why is and, and it's not just FanDuel. It's a, a bunch of people have them there. So that just means Michigan fans are betting on Michigan, which is stupid. But whatever. Don't bet with your heart. Bet with your head. Or don't bet at all because otherwise you're just throwing money out the window. The other one that's a little bit goofy to me, again, is Bama. I know they got some talent. They lost Caden Proctor. The kid went back to Iowa. That's where he's from. He's the left tackle. They lost arguably the best safety in the country. For It's returning. He's going to Ohio State. They lost some key seniors. I mean, what, what are we thinking here? Their quarterback situation is goofy. What did they throw for, 116 yards against Michigan? And I know Michigan's got good corners, but really? Ja'Cory Brooks, one of their backup receivers, transferred to Louisville. They've got all kinds of guys going all kinds of places, not named Tuscaloosa. I don't see Alabama doing any better than 9-3 and three next year. And honestly, it's not that they're terrible, but that's just my opinion. The last one I'm going to comment about is LSU. They're a wild card on many different fronts, but they lost not one, but both of their defensive tackles. They both could have come back. Mason Smith in particular, who's been banged up for much of his career, is not coming back at D-tackle. You can't replace 315, 320, whatever he is, and athletic at D-tackle. There aren't going to be any Mason Smiths in the transfer portal for the Tigers to get, so I'm not really sure what we're thinking there. Uh, For each team here, there's a lot of questions to be answered. Key note I'm going to wrap up on is this. Florida State. They're a team that can make the playoff next year. But like everybody else, the April 16th through the April 30th portal is not only an opportunity to add players. Right now, until that point, the more important factor is stuff we're not going to hear all that much about. At least I wouldn't think so. Who's going to enter the portal from your own school, Florida State or otherwise? You are 100%. 365 days a year now recruiting your own roster or you will fail. Somebody that was thinking about it going into January for the spring semester, again, pick the school, could leave and be the reason that team doesn't get a key victory, doesn't make it to their conference championship, doesn't have a chance at the playoff, and poof, just like that, an 11-1 season becomes 9-3. and A 9-3 season could quickly be 7-5. and you have to protect your own roster. This is very important. Getting kids through the strength and conditioning portion of the year and into spring ball, happy with where they're on the depth chart is very hard. Norvell and everybody else in college football, they've got to do that. It's not easy, but if they don't, they will not be successful. With that, I thank you all very much. Everybody have a great day and take care.